You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Heavenly Father, um, as always, I pray that um, in the end, the words which would be heard are your words. You are the one from whom we need to hear. And I pray that your living word um, would go forth at this time. Jesus, your son, that he would remain with us, keep us now and always, and be ever before us. And all this I ask in your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm going to, as, as always, it helps, um, it helps for a preacher to have a biblical text, um, and I, that's a good place to begin. And so the words which I'll share today are in the context of the ninth chapter of Luke's Gospel, Luke chapter 9, uh, and as we use that as a, as a framework for what I'll reflect on and share with you this morning, I want to begin by um, offering um, so many thanks. Uh, there is so much to be grateful for here at the Cathedral Church of the Advent. Uh, I'm grateful to see so many of you today. That's a great gift. Typically, annual parish meetings are riveting, um, and so the, the attendance is not always this good, um, and so I'm delighted to see all of you today. I'm delighted that we have a tremendous vestry slate. Uh, what a phenomenal encouragement it is. It's always unfortunate that we have to make a selection of 10 um, out of the 20, that, but that we would have that number uh, of outstanding candidates, among whom any of those we'd be fortunate to have them serve. Uh, I give great thanks for that, and I think that is a tremendous word of encouragement to us uh, for the health of this congregation, the commitment of the people to the ministry of this congregation. That is something with, which speaks favorably, and I give thanks for that. And I give thanks for our vestry, those who have served these uh, past uh, years, and the class who is rolling off this year. Um, they have been tremendous leaders uh, on behalf of God in this place. I mentioned uh, Luke chapter 9, and if you remember in this portion of Luke, and it seems Helpful to think about our ministry now and our ministry in the moment uh, and our ministry going forward. Jesus and his um, disciples are traveling through Samaria. Uh, and the fact that they are traveling through Samaria biblically tells us something. And what it, what it says, it, it speaks to division. Um, Samaria um, and Israel speak to division within, within the people of God. Uh, if you remember, um, the northern tribes and the southern tribes split from one another um, years ago. Uh, and the enmity between them was such that um, traditional Jews, Orthodox Jews, would not travel through Samaria. They would literally go around um, Samaria to get to Jerusalem. Um, I don't know the exact um, geographical um, narrative, uh, but I suppose it would be my going through Atlanta to go to Huntsville. Um, they, uh, that, was the, that was the enmity that they had for one another. That was the loathing that they had for one another. And Jesus and his disciples are traveling through um, Samaria. And one of the things that's interesting uh, as they make their way um, through Samaria is the behavior of Jesus. And I'll ask you a question that is a rhetorical question unless you're just so deeply moved that you need to respond. But, but the question um, is this, um, when you are in um, moments uh, of tension, uh, when you are in moments of hostility, um, what is your behavior like? Do you calm down or do you ramp up? Uh, are you more anxious um, or are you um, less anxious? Does it change your behavior um, when you... 
Some spouses may look toward one another. Um, so <laughs> how, do, how do you respond in those particular moments? I think we know how we typically, uh, how we typically respond. Adrenaline um, kicks in and we respond um, often um, out of anger or fear or anxiety, which are terrible operating places. Uh, and they are terrible places to begin our, our speaking and our interacting with one another. And as Jesus and his followers travel through um, Samaria, there is something dramatic about Jesus's behavior. And this is what's dramatic. Jesus's behavior is relaxed. Jesus is not anxious in that particular moment. We hear that Jesus sets his face toward Jerusalem and he begins to make his way. And going toward Jerusalem was Jesus going um, toward the cross. And in the midst of that, in the midst of that context, his behavior was not one of anger, it was not one of anxiety, it was not one of uncertainty. Jesus had peace and clarity. Jesus told stories with those with whom he would interact. Jesus taught um, his followers uh, along the way. Uh, and Jesus, with certainty, with faith, uh, with graciousness, made the way toward Jerusalem. If, if you remember, as part of that, Jesus uh, tells them um, that the time is coming uh, when he um, would be handed over. Uh, when he, the Son of Man, he said, must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? Whoever is ashamed of me and of my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory, in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. But I tell you, truly, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. Jesus is then um, transfigured. He um, heals a boy with an unclean spirit. He once again um, foretells his death. And this is interesting. This is in Luke chapter 9, beginning with verse 44. But while they were all marveling at everything he was doing, Jesus said to his disciples, let these words sink into your ears. The Son of Man is about to be delivered into the hands of men, but they did not understand the saying, and it was concealed from them so that they might not perceive it, and they were afraid to ask him about this saying. It's a rather confusing um, statement, isn't it? Um, Jesus tells them what's going to happen, and we hear that it is for the moment um, concealed from them. They do not um, perceive what it is he is saying. What is behind that seemingly uh, inscrutable um, action of God? And what I would say to you and what I want to hold out not only in remarks this morning but um, in um, our ministry together um, going forward is the reality. Jesus began earlier by telling the disciples that to be his followers invites them to take up their cross uh, and to um, follow him. What we hear is the reality that you and I cannot understand the gracious saving purposes of God outside of the lens of the cross and the resurrection. Uh, that is the lens ever before us. When we speak of the love of God, when we speak of the grace of God, when we speak of the hope and the certainty and the security that we have uh, as the people of God, um, all that is real, all that is true, all that is secured um, not through yours and my actions or our performance, but it's secured through Jesus, 
through the work of the cross and the resurrection as they continue to make their way right after Jesus foretells his death. This is for trivia. Does anyone remember um, the behavior of the disciples? These are Jesus's closest followers, um, those who are sitting at Jesus's feet daily um, to hear the teaching of Jesus. Immediately after he tells them um, this, uh, immediately after he foretells his death, do you remember what they're arguing about? Who among them will be the greatest? (laughs) Who among them will be the greatest? Right after Jesus says this, it's kind of like, all right, thanks, Jesus. Now back to us. Um, Who among us uh, will be the greatest uh, in uh, the midst of us? Uh, I I share that with you to say um, the human condition is always a mess. The human condition is is always a mess, Um, not just in that time, um, but in our time as well. But wonderfully, graciously, God has responded. God gives us a security. God gives us a hope. And as they go forward, um, yet again, we hear that they arrive at a Samaritan village. uh, And as they arrive, they send messengers ahead. They send messengers ahead to the Samaritan village to make preparations for Jesus to stay. But the people, we are told, did not receive him because his face was set toward Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, saw it, they said, and if you remember, Lord, do you want us to tell fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked them, and they went on um, to another village. Do you want us to call down uh, fire um, and rebuke them? And in a modern translation, Jesus just says, wait, (laughs) just maybe, maybe take your hand off the trigger. Um, wait, uh, just, uh, wait just a moment. I, I, I share that because one of the things I think is challenging, maybe not for you, I, I find it um, challenging in the moment. We, we talk about the division uh, and the divisive moment in which we live now culturally. Um, you know, the, the phrase cancer cult, cancel um, culture um, was very um, popular, and, and we seem to be in such a, a heightened uh, and distracted and hostile um, and disjointed time. And one of the things that I would like to say is that um, while, yes, it is pressing and, yes, it is real, it's not new. Uh, it's, it's not new. Uh, it is the human condition um, in any time and in any place. And we have into that um, Jesus comes. You and I have the opportunity to set um, our focus uh, upon him uh, and to have a security that enables us um, to witness, that enables us to serve, that enables us to interact Um, with our daily lives, with the people in our daily lives, to go about um, our ministry in such a way that is um, not anxious, uh, which has uh, certainty, which has a strength that, again, the reason it's certain, the reason it's strong, um, is it's because we are following Jesus. Um, Through the lens of the cross and the resurrection, we are looking um, to his sufficiency and his power um, at work um, in the midst of us. Um, We are recognizing um, our need for him. And what happens uh, when we lose sight of that need? What happens um, when we feel um, that we need to do something for Jesus? Uh, And let me say, Jesus calls us to take up our cross and follow him. Uh, He calls us um, to serve. He calls us to be active. He calls us um, to engage. But there's always the challenge of the human condition um, to grab the wheel. There's always the challenge in the human condition um, to grab the wheel, that Jesus um, needs me too, um, and then we may fill in the blank. um, uh, But the challenge is 
when we lose sight of the sufficiency of Jesus and we begin to grab the wheel, we move from that place and that security of God's grace to the place of law, um, to the place of legalism. Uh, and we begin to um, evaluate ourselves. We begin to evaluate the people around us. We begin um, to compare ourselves um, to one another. When we leave um, that place of dependence, uh, and we see that with the disciples here, Lord, do you need us to call down fire from heaven, um, is what they say. Uh, And Jesus continues to make his way um, toward the cross. Uh, And you and I have the opportunity to be people who are sure and certain Um, about the ways in which God will work, sure and certain that he will bring about his purposes. And you and I actually have the freedom um, to be servants um, in the midst of that. We have opportunity to be servants. We have opportunity to be people who hold out that word of life. We have opportunity to see um, the power of God at work um, in our lives um, again and again. Uh, for when we operate from that place of fear, and I certainly can, um, you can ask my children, uh, when I operate from that place of fear, that's when my worst parenting um, takes place or my worst um, relational activity um, takes place when operating from that fa- place uh, of fear. And, and fear is real, uh, and Jesus addresses it regularly. God addresses it with great um, regularity. Uh, But the ministry of the gospel is such that we don't have to have a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. But we have been made by the work of Jesus Christ, his sons um, and his daughters. We have been made heirs um, of um, his promises. We are people um, who are free knowing that Jesus has the final word. Uh, Over this uh, past year, it's been... um, it's, it's been a time of, of tremendous transition. I mentioned so many Thanksgivings, uh, the vestry um, slate that we have, uh, the ministry of the staff and the congregation. This has been a time in which we've been able to see um, the strength of this congregation as we have served um, together. We've been able to add um, wonderful um, new staff. It, it, it's sort of a, this time with COVID and everything that we've experienced, in some ways it seems um, like a blur that I forget year to year. But in this past year, we've added some tremendous staff, um, two new um, youth leaders in Will Fagan and Marianne McCarty. Uh, If you have not had the opportunity to meet them, um, they are fantastic uh, and a gift from God um, to the staff here and to the ministry uh, of the youth. Our continued um, commitment to that now and and going forward there, I, I see I see at least um, one of you who I won't call out um, um, awkwardly. Um, so, so tremendous. We have been able to welcome um, two new clergy, um, Jay and Paige Gardner, uh, and their family have come on uh, most recently, and we are grateful for them. Uh, ben DeHart began with us um, in January, which was fantastic, and more wonderfully still, um, he wised up and he married Chelsea. Um, and Chelsea came and joined us here um, at, at the Church of the Advent as well. Uh, wonderful additions uh, to uh, wonderful additions to our staff um, that continues uh, as we uh, as we make um, inevitably. As always, there's the transition of people who come and people um, who go. God continues to be faithful in His provision. One of the things, and this is in some ways a non sequitur, but I do want to make mention of our. Um, Beloved friend uh, and deacon, Catherine Jacob, uh, as uh, I shared recently, and as many of you know, and for those of you who don't, uh, I, I want you to know so that you can pray for her. Um, Catherine is now in hospice care at um, St. Martin's, um, and uh, her 
health has taken a, a sudden shift, a, a, a dramatic um, shift, uh, and she is there in hospice care. Um, and for those who have um, gone to visit her, for those who've had opportunity to spend time with her, uh, they've walked away enriched. Um, one person um, was speaking to me this morning about going and visiting with Catherine, and she said, I walked away believing in Jesus. Um, and I'll qualify, she believed in Jesus before, um, seeing Catherine recently. But, but walking away, there was that, that tremendous um, faith, that tremendous peace, that tremendous certainty, the, the very real joy which comes from her. It's, um, her life and her faith have been a tremendous witness. And so I invite your continued prayers um, for, um, for Catherine. But I also share that by way of highlighting what this place has to offer uh, and what this place does um, offer from those um, who are in the nursery um, all the way through life, um, for folks uh, upon their deathbed, um, what we hold out is, is the living word made flesh, Jesus, uh, the one who has come into the world um, to save sinners, uh, the one um, who is sufficient uh, and his sacrifice is sufficient once and for all for the sins of the whole world. Uh, and we have uh, in him, uh, the security um, and the clarity for our life now. We have the certainty uh, for when we transition from this life to the next that he's gone before us to prepare uh, a place for us. And Catherine um, so wonderfully witnesses to that um, in this particular time. Uh, I'll share just one final um, uh, quick story by way of um, conclusion. The encouragement to you and to me, we have so many wonderful ministers and ministries, uh, and I'm grateful for the ways in which Jesus is enfleshed and held out to the world through their ministries, through the relationships, through um, the interaction that they have uh, with um, one another. I recently um, visited uh, with a father um, of one of our previous uh, day school students. And uh, his, I remember years ago um, at, the, at our school we have we have a wide variety of, of people that are a part of it, just different racially, socioeconomically by way of, of faith and belief. And uh, this uh, family, lovely family, um, are Hindu. And I remember the father coming up to me one day um, and talking about his kids going to Hindu school. And at the end of the class, um, they would offer a, a prayer to their favorite God. And he's laughing as he's telling me this story. And he, uh, they asked his son who his favorite God was, and he said, Jesus. Um, and they offered a prayer to Jesus. Um, and I said, well, just tell them to keep offering those Jesus prayers. Um, that's, a, that's, 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 a, that's a good call. Uh, and he reminded me of a story which, I've, which I had forgotten. We used to, a couple times a year in day school chapel, we would have communion. And some of the children would receive or not receive, depending on uh, if they were um, baptized or not. We did have some instances where kids would shoplift. Um, and they would just go ahead and and pull one um, off the patent anyway. And he told me this story, and I'd forgotten about this. Uh, maybe he didn't come to me. Maybe it was one of the other people. That on that particular morning, his son had um, received communion, and he had asked him about why he did that. And he said, oh, I was just so hungry. Um, and, it looked, and it looked good, uh, was, was what he said. And he must have been really hungry. Um, uh, as you know, if, if, that looked, if that looked good and satisfying, um, but he... He took it and he, uh, and he took communion that day. And again, when I recently uh, saw his father, we just bumped into one another and we were, uh, we were reminiscing. And he said, you know, my son was recently baptized. 
My son was recently, uh, was recently baptized, and uh, thanks be to God. Uh, what, a, what, a, what a great word that was. Uh, and, and I say that we, we, have, um, we have a great community of faith here, uh, full of myriad flaws, um, absolutely, uh, just like um, any moment and just like um, any place. Uh, and yet, um, our ministry here for 150 years uh, and going forward is nothing short of life-giving. It's nothing short of life-giving. We have a world um, which is hungry, uh, sometimes recognizing it, sometimes not. We have a world, and we're a part of that world, aren't we, um, trying to feed and assuage those hungers in and, and myriad ways. And, and the world, in all sorts of ways, constantly tells us we're not enough, constantly tells us we're not enough uh, and that we need either to pursue this or to accomplish this or to um, acquire this or, or, or whatever through our various means. And then if we can do that, that, that hunger um, will be met, that peace will be found. And of course, we know that's a big lie. And yet we do know the one in whom our hungers are met. Uh, we do know the one in whom we find peace. We do know the one in whom we find life. We do know the one in whom you and I, Despite all of our sins, all of our failings, all of our flaws, we know the one in whom we're enough. And who is enough uh, for the sins of the whole world. Uh, who is enough to meet us in all the various um, areas of our life uh, and give us uh, new life. Give us fullness of life. Give us life um, to its fullest. My hope and my prayer in all that we do now and going forward is that we would continue to hold out um, Jesus, who is the word of life, um, and that in so doing, we would not be fearful, we would not be anxious, we would know the security that we have. Uh, and as I say that this day, let us pray. Lord, you know our needs um, before you know our needs before we ask, uh, and you provide for us uh, in the gift of Jesus, your Son. Uh, guide and direct us in all that we do, that as we walk through um, this world, we might not be anxious, but that we might have the certainty uh, of you who are with us and going before us. And all this I ask and offer in your name, Jesus, your Son. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.